and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me tonight is my good friend Schnell. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. Now, uh, and now I'm stumbling over my words because it's been a long day. <laughs> it was a long, gorgeous, very, very sunny, very, very warm Wisconsin day. I think it hit 40, so it's it's t-shirt and shorts weather finally, and that's yeah, yeah. It, it was it brought uh, a lot of, brought a lot of people out today. It was fifty, like fifty six down here at one point. So Jesus. I was out in shorts and a you and a southerners, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. An hour south, and holy crap, it's uh, it's summer down here already. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't it doesn't help that uh, TR sticks out like a couple of miles into the lake. So yeah, I was gonna say it's that whole cooler near the lake thing, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're you're northern, you're you're further north, and you're closer to the lake. So. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a while, and Tej isn't here tonight. He's um, taking care of some sick family, mm-hmm. so it's just the two of us. And I, I was trying to figure out a way to introduce this episode, and you know, some fancy, fancy schmancy introduction. And I'm just going to call it a potluck because it's been so long since we've had a chance to sit down and record, uh, you know, our thoughts outside of our our group chat where we mostly just bitch about stuff uh, or ask each other questions and so yeah i mean potluck is the best term i could come up with we're just going to have a lot of different topics that we're going to kind of bounce back and forth from and and just you know settle back into the groove of it it's it's nice to be able to sit down and and talk magic again and i'm really looking forward to it uh so you know that being said let's lead it off the way we normally do what what have you been up to you know i guess over the past month or so yeah i was gonna say it's been hundreds of magic games probably since now and then (laughs) exactly uh let's see most most recently uh i drafted with you which was yes fun and fantastic uh, it, was. it was only it was only a four man draft, so we uh, we we round robined it. But I decided before the draft that regardless of what I was going to get, I was going to draft red white aggro because red white aggro kicked the shit out of me the time prior when I had drafted Theros. So I announced I was drafting red white aggro. I then drafted red white aggro and playing red white <laughs> aggro. I beat everyone else in the pod and literally four man pod. I beat everyone else. So was there anything specific, you know, based on your past experience with that deck, was there anything, in, like, specifically you were hoping to, you know, get or at least looking for uh, as you were going through the packs that were being passed around the table? Um, Ideally, with that build, there's a lot of good stuff right now in Theros along the lines of... the like, It's not quite heroic, but it's effectively the heroic trigger uh, where anytime you target this creature, other things also happen. And between red, white, with the heroes and or the yeah, I think they're heroes, heroes and heroics. Um, so I'm looking up the name of it right now. There is a red, white, uncommon that I got very, very early on, and just tried to build as much around creatures that benefit from being targeted, and then really, really good targets. So, Hero of the Nixborn is a 2-2 two, two for 3 enchantment creature, human soldier. When Hero of the Nixborn enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. And when you cast a spell that targets Hero of the Nixborn, creatures you control get plus 1 plus 0 oh, until the end of the turn. So, a lot of targets, a lot of uh, both instant sorcery and enchantment buffs that I could target him and a few other things with. And then... Uh, I also ended up with two copies of Portent of Betrayal, which, in a 40-card deck, having two copies of anything like that is very, very valuable. I think I played one every single game I played. 
uh, the final round, because I don't remember exactly what I stole from you, or borrowed from you, but I remember it being pretty much game-winning. Uh, uh, yeah, that that ended our... <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, in the in the final round, playing for ultimate first place, um, <laughs> I, I played against a guy who had a Nessian boar, that huge, huge boar out that everything has to block it, and he had three buffing enchantments on it, and I was swinging into him as much as I could because I wanted to keep my guys... Like, I sacrificed my biggest one just so I could keep tapping my board down. And I had enough of a life advantage that I think I could take three hits from him. And I went, okay, take the hit, draw, land, shit. Okay, swing in. Next turn, draw, crap, got another land. Okay, take the hit. And then I top decked the portent of betrayal and just went, hey, can I borrow that? <laughs> and oh my god, he went from zero to pissed so fast and then just went, yeah, and I had to take like this stack of five cards on his creature, or, like including his creature, and carefully scoot it over to my playmat and then turn it sideways and then scoot it back <laughs> over to him. And I'm like, I just hit you for 14 with your creature and that was your only creature? Uh, unless you have any other tricks or responses. And he goes, <sighs> Good game. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> solid response. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were like chit chatting and having fun. And every single time I play somebody that I have never played before, I have two assumptions. And it's this guy knows everything there is to know about magic, and he is better at the game than I am. So anytime I win against those people, it's always like, oh my god, I'm sorry. Like, clearly you were the better player, you deserve the win, and I just get all, like, awkward and uncomfortable, like, I have low self-esteem, and I don't deserve to win, but I accidentally won this time, please forgive me, sir, if you will. And, like, I always just get super uncomfortable when I beat people I don't know. Ugh. I don't know if you've ever had those experiences with new yeah. players in real life. Yeah, well, and, like, so... The guy you were just talking about that you played, uh, you know, and stole his boar, I, I played against him in the second round. Uh, I played against you to open it, and then I played him in the second round, and he had he had the boar on board. So, luckily for me, I only had two creatures out, I think. Uh, so, I did, you know, did some quick math, figured out what I needed to do to kill the boar, and then played no more creatures so that I could at least kill it. Um, but I also found, so I, I forget what he had, something, uh, maybe it was the altar, the the, the artifact, um, that's the, is it an altar? Whatever the... Um, oh, the, the devotion uh, yeah, artifact. Yeah, right, yeah. So, you get, so you get some sort of buff, right, whenever you play, whatever, I forget what it is. But And there was something else he had that was giving him counters every time he played an enchantment or something like that. And of course... Yes. And of course, you know, so it's on the board, and I noticed it, but it's not my deck. It's not my responsibility to take care of your own triggers, because as you know from playing with me, I can't even manage my own fucking triggers. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm not paying attention to this, and, like, three, four turns go by, and he goes, oh, I missed, like, four or five triggers, so I'm just going to put these counters on. And I was like, uh... <laughs> and I'm like, do I want to be a dick? Or yeah, do I just, and that's... I'm like, I'm like... I'm like, whatever, we're doing this for fun, like, that's fine, put the counters on, you know, whatever, that's yeah. cool. So that's, you know, and that's kind of my thing, too, is it's like, well, I, I, I approach every game where I'm probably 
outmatched i'm outclassed because i at least giving myself that mentality i think i'd play better uh you know yeah instead of like oh i can be, i can beat this stakes, guy right so you're yeah, more right you're more focused exactly. you're more you're more exactly in for real um so and that actually we ended up having a really good um i'll go into my deck in a little bit but we we ended up having a really good um match like all three games were awesome and he won the first one i won the second one and the third one went i mean forever and uh <laughs> i remember uh, you know yeah right right <laughs> so it was it was really good and i guess i can talk about it now since i've been talking about the whole thing uh, at one point he had um the the hydra totem armor or not totem armor but the hydra what you call it where aspect it doubles the, the number of counters of hydra, thank you yeah that that stupid yeah. exponential thing yep so every every turn he's doubling counters and it's on god is it on renata or it's either on renata or that spider that poops out spiders when you play an instant <laughs> or a sorcery okay uh and and so this thing's getting huge and luckily it doesn't have trample so i can i can just keep chumping it uh with with my creatures on board and then finally he's got this thing at like a 64 64 and i drew whatever the um it's not oh god it's not um um like boomer it's like boomerang right whatever the new blue oh, okay. pay yeah, one yeah, to yeah. bounce it to your hand is so i bounced it to his hand and then that was pretty much that was pretty much it because i had found uh, so i was playing blue white um i'd like to say blue white flyers but i had like a total of three flyers <laughs> in the deck really i was playing blue white dream trawler <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, the best part the was way. so so yeah <laughs> so we get this draft set up we have all the guys who are playing come over and chanel's got the packs in his hands and just you know just being a smart ass i'm like yeah i'll take the pack that's got a dream trawler in it so you know and you're like yeah 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 okay so we sit down i cra- pack one pick one fucking dream trawler <laughs> so i was like Which well you, i have to poker, i have to take you it you poker now. faced very well because i didn't know that you got that so yeah yeah so i i smashed blue white and i you know it was fun i had a lot of, honestly the thing that saved me and and won me the that particular that game too and allowed me to remain competitive with you and uh the dude that I played in the third round was um, one with the stars. So this is a this is an enchantment for three and a blue. It enchants creature or enchantment, and enchanted permanent is an enchantment and loses all other card types. God, so that yeah, uh, that thing is that, super super annoying. It's blue such is, good removal in yep. blue. Yep, and it's not like it a bounce bricks, it to your hand yeah, and then just you get it the next it. turn. Yep, it just turns the whole thing off. So. It's it's awesome, and I I actually got two of those, so those helped me a lot. And then I I ran I, I was able to find two Omen of the Seas as well, which in my opinion is the best Omen, uh, just because you can especially in limited, because uh, when an enter- so that's a, an enchantment for one and a blue uh, with flash, and when when Omen of the Sea enters the battlefield, scry two, then draw a card. So I was able to do this uh you know flash it into my opponent's end step and kind of manipulate my deck uh before it even turned over to my turn and then for uh two and a blue you can sacrifice it to uh scry two so you don't get the draw there um but you do get to scry another two so you can help manipulate you know your deck that way so that was kind of the engine it was basically use omen of the sea to find dream trawler as fast as possible (laughs) and then use one with the stars uh to kind of turn off whatever my opponent's bomb uh might be so yeah so i took uh well i went one and two uh so i think i took third um out of the four of us so but it was it was a ton of fun i had a blast um it it was a really fun draft um so uh anything else that you've you've been up to i know you've taken Uh, in an ass load of collections oh yes oh yes uh i was gonna say it was grocer bag full of cards the other day 14 collection of 14 14, 14,000 uh like 1200 of which were just rares 
bulk <laughs> and otherwise. Uh, today I took in another 2,000 of... Some of it was labeled bulk. And the guy's like, oh yeah, I pulled out all the good stuff and whatever. And I was going through and I found, like, well, for starters, like 30 persistent petitioners. So oh, nice. I might, I might just build that EDH deck finally because my persistent petitioner surplus has reached the point where i can snag a few from the store and not and not affect inventory levels so that might be a thing but yeah i i found a lot of extra stuff that is not bulk but i don't feel bad because the guy's like ah no no it's bulk and there it's there's there's two guys that come to the shop that try and nickel and dime absolutely everything they do and they'll they always have to trade stuff they never have any money. They always complain about cards being too expensive when they don't have them. And then, well, this card should be more expensive because I'm trading it into you. And <laughs> it's just like uh, it on on the completely collector financial side of the game. They are very annoying. And then one of them on the playing side is just worse because <laughs> every single and this, I'm just gonna bitch about customers for like ten minutes here uh, <laughs> because every single time outside of Fridays that he's here, he is talking about how he constantly is, like, kicking his friend's ass. He's locking down opponents. He's not letting anyone else have fun in the game. Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, oh, and whatever, every single F and M. And then just gets angry and trades in his deck for a different deck that he doesn't know how to that he doesn't know how to play because he just built it and he runs it once in a in a mildly competitive structure and then loses because he's new to the deck and doesn't understand it and then gets upset and then it's trades shit. that in and like if it if it was just that if there was no smack talk in between all of the losses I would I feel legitimately bad for him but it's the fact that he talks so much shit about everyone else and everyone else's decks and then he just gets utterly trounced that I'm just like okay fine whatever I'm just going to deal with you as best I can and just move on with my life yeah but ugh. so that's me venting about customers and just so you guys know be nice to the game store owners that you in your local area. Support your LGS. Don't be a shithead. Don't use a game store owner as your personal therapist because <laughs> we have our own problems. I have my own problems. <laughs> and nobody is ever impressed by the fact that you used to have a Black Lotus and then your mom sold it at a rummage sale for like $5. Because we know you're full of shit. We know you're lying. You have never, ever been sought like thought of highly after you leave the game store and go man that guy was really impressed by my story because he knows you're lying <laughs> i get those every three to four weeks now where just some random walk in like hey are these cards expensive like ah, some of them like the standard case is like stuff between two dollars and twenty dollars usually and then like the modern or the, the not standard case i have stuff from you know two dollars up to like i think five to eight hundred dollars at the most and I was going to say that candelabra. Isn't I was going to say what, candelabra, like foil. It bounces around actually a lot. Um, foil Academy Rector is also stupid expensive because it's ah uh, yeah yeah foil Academy Rector. It is like four to five hundred dollars on average. It's spiked a couple of times, um, but no, I, I I get people who just randomly go, oh yeah, I used to have and like I shit you not, look me dead in the eyes. Yeah, I used to have like two or three foil black lotuses, 
I know those. I know those are expensive. I used to have a couple of foils of those, and then my mom got rid of them. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, oh, wow. I like I don't even have the energy to right. go. You know, you're probably mistaken because that never actually existed as a foil. It's just, oh, really? Oh man, that sucks. Just generic NPC responses <laughs> yeah. until you. Your mom sounds like a real bitch. Until you, yeah, until you eventually <laughs> decide that you are done lying to me for no reason. And then you leave without buying anything. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> Kids, but I do, man. I do love most of my customers. There are some random guys that are just. You need to learn how to interact with human beings, please. Just a little. Just <laughs> There's a, always one. Just a tiny bit. But. <sighs> anyway, back to magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's 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 my. Hey, be nice to your LGS. They're working as hard as they can. Speaking yeah, of, damn it. be nice to your LGS. They are providing you with a fun place to play, and they are trying to build community and literally make friends for you to play Magic with. <laughs> Let's bitch about the secret layers and just the massive amount of crap that Wizards is pumping out again. That's on my list, man. Okay. that's We, okay. we are. Let's do it. I'm Let's do to, it right now. I'm trying to transition from me complaining to... Us complaining. Us complaining. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, Secret Lair. I mean, they made it seem like it was going to be a, ooh, once in a while kind of a kind of a thing. You got to you gotta get it while it's hot, you know? And when they rolled out, what what, what was there, seven different drops for like oh, a week God, straight? Yeah, it was different just, every day, right? Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe it'll be like this every few months, you know? Who knows what this is going to look like? And now all of a sudden, it's like there's a new Secret Lair every week. I mean, it's... It's crazy. They they just announced the um, International Women's Day secret layer, but then there's also now a secret layer that ties in with Arena, uh, the Thalia secret layer. But yet, wasn't there just another secret layer? Uh, uh, and I can't remember what the hell it was. Yeah, I. Uh, oh, I'm it just... was oh well, the Theros gods secret layer. So there was five more of them. Yeah, yeah. To to buy new skins for all the Theros gods. So. I, I, I don't even know how many there have been total. So, what, 7, 5, that's 12. So, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 that have at least been announced, if not, you know, have already gone through the drop. Yeah. Uh, what? what? <laughs> yeah. And, and the best part is, so these are only available for 24 hours at a crack from Wizards' website, where you get, key, you know, it, well, it, it redirects you to, like, a secret layer website thing that for whatever third-party seller, you get in a queue, you're in line and wait until you're admitted, and then you know you've got what I don't know, ten minutes or whatever to complete your order. It's like buying concert tickets essentially. Yeah. Uh, and and so the LGS, your your local game store, who is typically your reseller of singles and and things like that, um, can't even get a crack at this except for was it the Thalia, um, where select premium stores can get one so, fucking secret layer drop. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the details on that because I'm not I'm not a premium store, and I. At this point, I probably won't be, especially by the April 7th deadline that they have now. Uh, but any any premium stores or any store that reaches premium by that deadline will be eligible or able to uh, get a or some amount of secret layers. It is one. Is it just I looked one? In, I, after, yeah, after you told us about it the other day, I, I saw it and I just went, it. this doesn't apply to me. I'll share the info and move on with my life because... Yep, it's one. Yeah. You get one. So essentially what you're doing then is running 
as big an event as you can run with that as the prize uh or you're keeping it and then you know cracking it and then selling the singles and trying to turn a profit or yeah. you know whatever but yeah so the 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 uh, brick and mortar stores the local game stores that that do qualify to receive this product get one they get one copy well and the most ironic part is it's hey we're trying to help out the lgs's well, yes, but you're giving the stores that already clearly have the most advantage because they have enough business, they have a large enough player base that they've reached premium status. Well, they get one more edge against smaller stores in smaller communities that now also don't have access to the same level of marketing, the same availability of events because we can't run drafts for pre-release weekend like premium stores. We don't get all the extra posters and uh, premium materials anymore and we also can't get the stuff like circuit layers that would help drive more customers to us and up our numbers to the point where maybe we could hit premium if we had this advantage right well and and you know you're, you you kind of hit it on on the head they're talking about you know your player base is smaller like I go so I go up for pre-release, uh, whether it's a Friday night, you know, well, not necessarily midnight anymore, but yeah. a Friday night release, or, hey, I'm going to come up and do a draft on Saturday afternoon uh, mm-hmm. with a new product, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's it's the same people every time. I know just about every person. There's usually maybe one or two new people, um, but typically it's people that I've played with before. And, you know, you've got such a smaller player pool to draw from uh, that yeah. you don't even get rewarded for the loyal players that you have <laughs> because, well, it's still not enough. Yeah. Even though it's not based on your player pool uh, in your community, it's like, yeah, well, you know what? You've only got the same 35 people showing up for a pre-release, uh, you know, event at 8 o'clock on a Friday night. Well, that's, the, you know, that's not enough. Or, you know, 12 people the next day for the draft or, you know, um, the Commander release, you know, when we did uh, yeah. the release for Commander 19 uh, that Saturday. You know, and it's just there's no way for you to catch up or get ahead because you're already penalized just for the just for where you live and where your store is located. Yeah, through no fault of your own. No, I know I I would never blame a community for not being you know big enough to support Magic, but just comparing it to the experiences that I've had with other game companies like Games Workshop, for example, the guys who do. Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40,000 and all the other miniature games that I play as well. Uh, they have an approach where as long as you've got play space, we, like, they will absolutely support you on everything. Uh, just by signing up with their program, you get better discounts on direct sales stuff. You can still get their stuff through other distribution channels. You just don't get it for quite as good of a deal as you get it directly from them. They have stuff that is website exclusive except game stores can still order website exclusive stuff at a discount off MSRP so it's still worth it for customers to go hey my LGS can you get this for me and they go yes we can get it for you and you don't have to pay more than you would for buying it online exclusive from them you can get it through us we get a little bit they get a little bit you get to play everyone's happy they also have the uh, like sweet sweet shelving deal I am a sucker for shelving any product line you go hey if I get contacted by a distributor or a manufacturer specifically and they go would you like to carry our product I always just go okay well it depends on what it is depends on what the price point blah 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 if they throw out the hey it comes with shelving I'll just immediately start reading off my credit card information Games Workshop has 
sweet, sweet shelving for their base product, for their painting. Uh, I just started carrying a ton of books from the Black Library collection, all of their lore stuff, because my sales rep was talking to me and he goes, oh yeah, we've got this little collection thing, and uh, if you carry it, we'll give you a little shelf for it. I'm like, okay, yep, here you go. I would love for Wizards to do stuff like that, regardless of what my sales numbers look like, regardless of what my player base looks like, because they only reward success, whereas other direct sales companies and other game manufacturers try to foster success rather than just trying to rely on game stores doing it themselves. Well, and I think in that in that um, use of the term specifically, that's completely subjective. Like, what's successful for your store is completely different than what's successful for a store in a market like Green Bay or Appleton or in a market like fucking Seattle, you yeah. know? Well, uh, and like because one, of the, one of the only premium stores I've been to right now is uh, Lodestone uh, out of uh, just outside uh, Minneapolis. Okay. It is a gorgeous store. Uh, and one of the guys there told me, yeah, part of the requirements to become premium is uh, you can't have, you know, typical folding tables, folding chairs like you see in most game stores. You have to have nice wood or metal or glass or something fancier. And as it is, I've probably dropped like two grand in the last two years on just tables and chairs. They're dropping two grand on a table and a set of chairs for that table. And then they have, you know, 14 of them on top of it. That's something in this community I just can't afford to do. And it's one of the big benchmarks that, oh yeah, I can't. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that anytime soon, at least. So that's immediately one hurdle to hitting premium. There's also the, we need to see your sales records for Magic product specifically. And I don't feel comfortable like sharing that information with even the IRS who needs that information. <laughs> it's just, okay, right. well, sure. I will let you know, I guess, exactly how much I sell of your crap so that you can maybe reward me if you pat me on the head real good. Well, and, you know, if, if they want to have the, the premium tag, right, for larger stores that are nicer and have these insane numbers of sales and engaged players on a regular basis and whatever, like, fine, that's cool. But don't do it at the expense of a smaller store. You know, you should still have maybe an alternate resource or two, right, uh, for well, for these they... smaller stores so that people in these communities aren't, you know, not just the store owners themselves, but the, the magic players. They're not disenfranchised, you know? I mean, what about, like, people who come from a rural area where maybe, you know, their access to the internet is, you know, they've got shitty internet at home, right? But they come to your store and, hey, now I've got access because I'm in a store. Uh, I can't play arena because my my broadband connection is terrible. <laughs> yeah. like my bandwidth at my house sucks, you know? Uh, what, what, what have you? I mean, and it's especially true in areas like ours uh, because, you know, you've got a lot of a rural community and that's just what happens. Yeah. Not everyone has access to the same resources. Not everyone has the same population density to right. work with. 
Right. And and I don't think that story, you know, I, I don't know what the perfect solution is. I don't even have a solution to propose outside <laughs> of, well, maybe they should think of something to do so that it doesn't seem like smaller stores and smaller player bases and communities uh, are getting the short end of the stick all the time. What that looks like, I have no idea, but I feel like there could be more of a concerted effort to, you know, rectify that or prevent that. Well, and at first I was I was weary about the sliding scale of metrics for event attendance as it ties to prize support. I like the idea of the promo packs that they do, and I'm on board now with. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, swallowed wrong. <clears throat> I like the idea with the more players you have, the more engaged players you have, the more packs you can get relative to the number of events. So if you're consistently firing FNMs, you're consistently firing drafts, you're consistently firing EDH, which now they're actually starting to support EDH, especially with this year's launch. But, like, Event Reporter is now, I guess, going to be acknowledging Commander games and casual games towards that player base. Um... But what I don't like is that sliding scale is just, okay, just for packs. If you want the posters, if you want anything else, it's premium or you get almost nothing. I got this little cardboard stand thing that holds two fat packs and two uh, Planeswalker decks. And the updated promotional merchandise every single set is a little crappy cardboard insert that goes into that stand which just changes out what set it says it's for and then a single poster for the window that is it we used to get cool cardboard standees we used to get sweet sweet posters we used to get random little crap to throw at customers and go hey there's a pre-release coming up here's the date for it little things like that now it's Oh, if you want that material, if you want that resource, if you want that material, go online to our website, print it out yourself, pay for your own, you know, printing, pay, pay for your own shipping, whatever. We are no longer providing that. You now need to include that in your expenses for your marketing costs, because if you want to be successful enough to work with us, you need to pay for it. Yeah, and that's just that just sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess so that whole thing coupled with the secret layer thing i kind of i guess kind of plays into another thing i wanted to ask you about and that is uh so you know you had mentioned it briefly here with all of the new commander product we're getting this year uh it was recently announced that wizards is going to be kind of supporting and sponsoring their own uh wizards of the coast edh league so this is a uh, this is cool in theory right maybe some 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 extra support for stores and and things like that but one of the things that i noticed when reading and maybe i'm being alarmist here teach kind of told me he thought i was and that it was more of an example than necessarily um etched in stone as to where they're going to go with this but so a lot of uh, edh leagues right they've got certain um achievements or 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 quests or whatever you want to call it that you can do along the course of that particular season yeah uh to help you get bonus points and win you know points towards higher level prizes and and whatever so wizards has this but if you look at the example uh i'll, I'll put it in the show notes a link to the page i'm talking about here uh if you look at the example they have almost every fucking achievement that they've got ties directly into theros it's enchantment themed it's god themed it's all these things so my fear when i read that and kind of my hair on fire running to you guys like (laughs) dude what the hell's up with this is i hope to hell that they don't try to force their version of the edh league to tie into standard in an effort to sell more standard product or to try to get 
EDH players into Standard. EDH is an eternal format. I don't want to have my my goals or or my challenges geared toward standard right so when this comes out you know maybe there's a beast you know one or two beast things you want to tie it in with ikoria because that's where your core commander uh precons are coming from this year yeah fine that's that's fine if you want to do one or two of those but i don't want to see uh, a, a challenge list like the one that we're provided with as an example from them where every fucking one ties directly into whatever the most current standard set is because that's stupid that sucks and I don't want to play that way <laughs> well, <laughs> that's they, why I play EDH they I mean, want, it's more... they want Brawl I think to be more important than it is right now yeah, Don't and that's kind of wrong. That was I've, another thing that I I've sold. Sorry. I've sold a ton of those brawl decks, and I tell I bought people, one of each. Yeah, I tell people they are fantastic starter EDH decks. I don't market them as, here's Brawl, a fun new format. I go, no, if you want to play EDH, this is already a singleton thing. You need 40 more cards than you got there, and these are pretty good thematically, and they're really good deals because they have things that are EDH-only EDH staples already with that friggin' Arcane Signet. Those things, they've come down, but they're still like six bucks. Well, and the legendaries were really cool. Like, two lanes, a lot of fun. A lot of Corvid. Uh, Corvald. Corvald yeah. is insane. That thing's uh, that you know, thing's and even Sir Gwyn in is interesting. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That's a great launching point. But then, you know what? If you want to have an achievement list tied into standard for a format like EDH, then do it for Brawl. Have a Brawl League that's tied into standard because yeah. that makes sense. Have a, so, I mean, have a, you know, I don't know if it's really coming. Have a promotional thing where. Hey, if you want people to play in league, you want them to play in person, nine times out of ten, people will go and play at their local game store. Why not have it, hey, sign up online for this league. When you sign up online, you register for your game store. And then in return, Wizards will send promotional material based on the number of players that sign up for your store to your store, and you can distribute the prizes as you see fit based on achievements. I like that too. Uh, because they already have that information because you can go to Wizards Store Locator and yeah. find uh, a Wizards a Wizards Network store uh, you know in your area based on your zip code mm-hmm. your, you know whatever whatever location geographical well, details and every uh, you every single time I travel after like after I know where I'm going because I have to go on like family vacation things with my wife's family because I got married uh, <laughs> you know, just I, I signed the contract it's it's in the rules. Um, every single time I know where we're going, I, I do, hey, Google, what's the zip code for this place we're going? And then I type the zip code into find my local game store on Wizards, or the store finder thing, and then I always go check out and usually buy a couple of things at whatever LGS is there. Uh, thankfully, a few years ago we went to Lake Geneva, well that was Becca and I, and I got to hang out at some game stores down there and just wander around. You know the area where Gary Gaiax and Dungeons and Dragons came from, which is awesome. Yes, so that was that was a little bit of a nerd mecha trip for me. But like, even in a little tourist community in California, up in the mountains, where everything's like hiking and skiing and crap like that, I found the game store and I bought some. I bought some booster packs. I bought a fat pack. I got stopped by airport security because a box of cards looked super suspicious. <laughs> it was a very dense brick of something in your bag we're gonna need to stir one of these those are magic the gathering cards i'm a planeswalker <laughs> are you sure it's not c4 sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> and apparently if you travel enough with magic cards this is a common thing that airport security is like they will flag you down they will open your bag and make you explain 
what this is. And every single time, it's always, it's a card game. <laughs> Aren't card games for children? I'm in my 30s. <laughs> and I still play it more yeah. than ever. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, so I will always I will always try and buy stuff at other game stores, and I was I will always take advantage of the store finder on the Wizards website to go ahead and find those game stores to support, even though I have my own. Yeah, I, I like doing the same thing when I'm traveling because, uh, like you said, it's just nice to support you know uh, like-minded folks and people in the community because without local game stores, uh, as you addressed earlier, you know there's no environment for you to play in person unless you're going to be hosting people at your house or you're playing, you know, in the cafeteria or the commons at your high school or or whatever. Um, so yeah, definitely. I, I guess another thing I want to ask you. Um, before we run out of time tonight is uh unsanctioned so that came out this weekend uh did you have a chance to play any of it at the store (sighs) no not yet and i heard and i don't know how much truth is uh truth there is to this because i do have a few customers that bounce around between the other game stores and there's always the suspicion of you know are they spreading false information because there's secretly feuds between the other stores however uh, I was told that between me, the next closest store, and a store uh, over in Appleton, that everyone got shorted on the amount of unsanctioned boxes they were supposed to get. Like, uh, the, App- the Appleton store they told me about, much, much bigger than my store. They only got, like, three boxes of unsanctioned. The next, uh, the closest store in uh, next town over, they only got, like, one or two I asked for and got 18 of them. Wow. Yeah. So I have no idea what the hell they're talking about as far as like, oh man, stores are getting shorted. I'm like, no, I'm I'm a tiny store in the middle of nowhere and I got every single box that I asked for and I <laughs> I've sold almost all of them already. I'm curious if it has something to do with when the order was placed, maybe. Well, and that's the thing. Like, they waited too long? Yeah, that's between you and your distributor. I don't even think Wizards allocated them. Because sometimes, like, with pre-releases and set releases, uh, Wizards will go ahead and say, you're only allowed to buy X amount of boxes, X amount of pre-release packs, based on the attendance of the last pre-release you had. That will determine how much more you can get or what level you can get to. This, I don't think, was allocated at all. I think either somebody was misinformed, they're just flat-out lying, or somebody at those game stores who's in charge of ordering stuff just went, eh, it's not even a full unset, who cares? And then people went, we want those lands. And they had to go, uh, we got shorted, we're sorry, it's not our fault, we just, we, we wanted more to sell to you. But those lands are gorgeous. I yeah, they're will. really cool. Uh, I... <laughs> interestingly enough, I <laughs> I saw that. Uh, um, I, I was looking at the cards. I forget where. Uh, might be mtgcollectionbuilder.com. That's where I track my personal collection. Ooh. So I probably saw it on there. And I saw that those those lands. And obviously, it, this was on Friday. I think so. It was even before the product was released. But uh, they were going for like seven bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, those I ba- think you know. Obviously, I that'll stabilize right a little now, bit. But. Well, and that's the thing. It's a limited. I think it's. I think it's a limited print thing, and it's probably going to be a one and done printing of it. And when it's gone, it's gone. But everywhere I've seen online, people are selling the ten full art lands for about fifty five dollars, which is what 
we were selling the boxes for anyway. I did sell a couple of them a little bit cheaper because I'm always willing to make deals with people because it's in the store title. I have to. Legally legally obligated. <laughs> Leg- legally binding. Yeah. Oh, it says the game dealer, not the game super hard-ass on prices. So he's like, hey, if I buy a couple of them, will you uh, knock a couple of bucks off per box? And I went, sure. How many do you want? He goes, eight. <laughs> like, yeah, we can work something out. So, <laughs> so one guy bought eight boxes by himself. Now, is that two of... Or no, wait, there would be five. That is, well, well, that's eight foil islands, eight non-foil islands, eight foil planes, eight non-foil planes. Got it. And honestly, the lands are gorgeous. I love the not-full art islands that come in this set, because there are 12 not-full art lands. I don't have to specify, I don't know why I have to specify not-full art, but I suppose regular lands uh, in the 30-card decks. There's 12 basics per 30-card deck. Each land in the regular 30-card decks have artwork that has squirrels hidden in the art. And the islands are my favorite because it looks like a giant green squirrel napping on a, on a rock out in the water. The, I'm going to have to look at those yeah, uh, the, when, we, the tree, when we wrap up. Yeah, the tree line is, is clearly just a giant squirrel laying on top of the island and it's (laughs) so great the planes uh one of the central clouds is clearly shaped like a squirrel like hopping around the mountain the only i don't know if i'm correct one of the mountain peaks looks like a squirrel head uh the swamp has a squirrel in the outline of leaves in the like water in the lower right corner and then the forest the negative space between the branches uh, with the sunlight coming through is the outline of the top half of the squirrel. But I, I love the squirrel art lands. The islands are just wonderful in my opinion because they're clearly a squirrel laying on a rock. Uh, the other ones are a little bit more like, more like the cloud where it's, yeah, that kind of looks like a squirrel, so that's probably it. But they are gorgeous. Yeah, you're, you're right. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, they each also come with a silver-bordered land called the Underdome, which is a taps for any color mana as long as you're using it to cast a silver-bordered card. So each deck that you shuffle together, because you, you take t- each, uh, each player takes two of the five 30-card decks and shuffles them together, so you automatically get two of the best mana-fixing lands in, the, in that format. I didn't even realize until just now that they reprinted sort of Dungeons and Dragons. In yeah, the there's it's it, that's that's why I think a lot of stores didn't go real deep on it because it is a lot of reprints. Like, yep, yes. I'm glad. I look at me on the DCI is back because <laughs> yes. that was my favorite. Oh cars yeah, and glued. there's look at me on the I'm R and D. Like that one's yes, really good I, too. That new one, yeah, yeah. And I love how it's like okay, choose a number and another number different than the first number, and it's just covered with editorial markings and like, no, you f- fix this, do this. I like that they printed uh, uh, Clark's other thumb this time yes, around too. That was that was a good. <laughs> there's a, there's some funny there's some funny stuff in here. We have uh, and we, some cool stuff yeah. too. Like I like the emphasis on dice, like uh, Pippa Duchess of Dice, and all the other things. Where uh, there's that one enchantment where it, you you. Um, you add up all your dice rolls over the over the course of the game, and if you hit a uh, hundred, you you win the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, and I'm excited to play. My only complaint is it uh, is that they gave you a really really nice plastic insert for the box that does not work if the cards are sleeved. 
And uh, I have every intention of just building a new wooden insert for this thing to keep everything separate, to keep everything sleeved, so that I can just have it on my shelf like a regular board game where it's, hey, do you want to play some unsanctioned? Sure. You grab your two two decks, shuffle them together, I'll grab my two, and then we can take everything apart because we have the deck list, throw them back in the box, and just keep it as a ready-to-play, evenly boxed match game. Yeah. Yeah, that's bummer. Because, <laughs> I mean, most people are going to be sleeve. You know, I, I'm very particular. I, I guess I didn't when we pack Ward at Fire and Ice, but, you know, drafting, I take the time to sleeve whatever I draft uh, before I play it. Yeah, I, I always like to sleeve up just because it makes it easier. Not only does it make it easier to shuffle, in my opinion, if you have sleeved cards, also nobody's going to worry about, okay, well, the basic lands are you're reused a thousand times because lands get dumped in the box, taken out, used for decks. People change decks, they throw lands back in the box. So some of the lands aren't in the best condition, and rather than having, okay, well, this card is clearly a land on top of my deck, it's, nope, everything's sleeved, don't have to worry about anything, don't have to worry about bringing my own draft lands to an event in pristine condition. Uh, right. I know one guy, uh, he and his kid, they draft a lot. They have a little, like, travel draft box where they have, like... 20 of each and they use friggin' full art lands for their draft uh i think they use unstable lands yeah they've got enough so they're really fancy oh yeah they've got enough unstable lands that every single time they draft they only use the unstable lands in their draft packs and i'm like god damn that is awesome and i want to do that someday but they also draft rich yeah they also just leave those (laughs) in those sleeves and they sleeve the rest of the draft deck in the extra sleeves from those packs smart yeah smart it's a good system yeah, Smart. I like that. Um, all right, so we're about to uh, run up on time because so since the last time we recorded, I'm a dad now, and I have to give a Con- bath to my child. Again. So that <laughs> thank you, so that she's so that she's clean. So I got to help my wife out uh, in a couple minutes to give her a bath before bedtime. But I just want to ask you. So we'll we'll get you know spoiler season will start now that uh, Theros is here. Unsanctioned is officially here as of yesterday. Uh, we're gonna start to transition into spoiler season, not just for Ikoria and the set itself, but for uh, the Commander 2020 pre-constructed decks. Yeah, so, I'm um, always excited for Commander spoilers. Yeah, and, and that's I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I mean, is there anything that you're like hoping to see? Uh, since we, we've got nothing other than deck names, you know, uh, okay, so maybe there's going to be like a, a mutate mechanic or, or, you know, whatever. We can kind of guess on that. But is there anything that you're really hoping to see while we're still going into this essentially completely blind? Um, out of the commander stuff, I would like to see a few more generic, uh, like universal tribal staples. Because there are some good generic tribal staples out there that don't get enough reprints and the supplies are low enough that they're starting to creep up in value. So throwing out like more uh, like a cryptic gateway where it's tap two creatures, if they share a creature type, put a third one from your hand into play. Sure. Like that, I think, only has one printing and can go in any tribal deck. And it's easy enough in Commander even without being fully tribal, to just sneak a few things like that in there. Urza's, uh, Urza's Incubator, is that the other one? Choose a creature yep, type. that's they the get, one. Uh, they cost two generic glass. Stuff yep. like that, where it doesn't have to be format-busting staples, but things for us players who like to build goofy tribal over just super combo, give, give us a few more things. Uh, I also want a couple more sphinxes, because I always love sphinxes, or <laughs> sphinges. Um, I need... 
the only the only one I'm missing yet is the regular foil Dream Trawler from uh, Theros regular packs. I, I forgot you have Maximum Fancy. I have yes, I have the regular. I have the date stamp promo. I have the Planeswalker stamped regular, the Planeswalker stamped promo, the Borderless regular, and the Borderless foil. So I I have six of the seven printings of Dream Trawler, and a few copies of you know some of them already. I just need one more for that. I've got the Mill Sphinx. I don't. I think that one's also available in foil. I have to double check because that was only out of the theme boosters. Which oh yeah, means, that's right. Which means technically it might be available as a foil from the premium packs. Which as of uh, last weekend, I'm now completely out of premium or collector packs. For I uh, thought it was interesting. Speaking of those, how yeah. fast the price point of those not not actually um, selling the packs, but the price point of the cards contained therein. Um, went down in you know uh the speed with which that happened compared to the speed with which it happened with uh throne of eldraine yeah because and that's the eldraine ones really seem to hold value for a little bit longer whereas the theros ones seem to kind of uh i don't know if they had more out immediately I uh you think, know more I kind of flooded the went, market or what? i think they went heavier print run on the uh eldraine collectors and they went shorter print run on these just because there were complaints of hey there's no there's no inherent value in the regular packs anymore just because you can get fancy versions of everything. Sure. Uh, I had a customer today that was just talking about how he doesn't like that there's alternate art versions of everything. And I'm like, no, there's not alternate art versions of everything. You can get rares in regular or borderless. I don't count that as alternate art. Uh, the thing that I like is they took the adventure mechanic, the unique to th- uh, Eldraine mechanic, and every single card that has adventure has the story border option. I yep. wish I wish they wouldn't always change the borders. I wish they would just do alternate arts and very subtle alternate art, like oh, Stormcrow flying like left, Stormcrow flying right, stuff like that, like they did back in Fallen Empires, like they did back in you know, sure OG sets where it's okay. Do you want art A, B, or C? I think yep. stuff like that would be a cool and subtle way of making it more of a collectible card game without having it Yu-Gi-Oh! levels of absurd shatter foil, secret ghost rare, alternate arts. But at least they're limiting it, you know, uh, the adventure cards had it, the gods and demigods had it. So it's not absolutely everything. The collector yep. packs with their borderless rares... I just hate that because my scanner app for pricing goes off of edge detection and it can't find the border of a borderless card. So I always have to look it up manually like an animal. Takes forever. (laughs) Like an uncivilized person. Yes, like our forefathers back in the yesteryear had to do by hopping online or cracking open a scry magazine and scrolling through to find the prices in the back. Oh, um, man, I miss those days. I, I am excited that I was going through my random stuff, because I got, like, two or three collector packs for myself. Like, right right when they uh, came out, I always grabbed just a few for myself, so that when I run out, I'm not like, man, I didn't get one. No, I, I'll <laughs> hide them away from myself, tell people that, you know, okay, nobody's going to care that I sold two or three to myself. Uh, I did get a foil borderless Uru. Uru. Oh, nice. Yeah, that thing's like $120 right now. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's bouncing so, between like 120 and 140 for the foil. I might throw I might throw him as a commander and just build a new EDH deck because I only have like 40 or 50 EDH decks right now, and I haven't built a new one in like three or four weeks. So 
I might I might start with him. Plus my Scorpion God EDH deck, which is my most recent build, is fun to play, but it is slow. Because it is a slow, ongoing board wipe with negative one, negative one <laughs> counters everywhere. I like it. Yeah, it is it is fun to play, but if somebody's running anything quick, if I don't draw well, I just go, well, shit, I guess I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah. I've also well, had I've also had sorry three like three different customers build uh, Lavania uh, EDH where it's just hey everyone's gonna play fair oh, fair yep. and regulated magic and the first time I played against it I ran my five color artifact deck which used to have Chromat there as a placeholder then I switched to uh, Kenrith just because he oh, has nice. yeah he's he's got stuff that I can pump some of the extra mana into so yep. it was like okay turn one Soul Ring. Uh, Mana Vault, go. Turn two, he got out Lavinia right away, and I went, cool. These are all dead rocks now. <laughs> Except one of them lightning bolts me on a coin flip. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right, this game's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, fair fair and simple magic is not always fun and fair magic, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was still a good time. Except I got attacked by Zada and a huge horde of goblins real quick smoked you right out yeah even with all hit like because zada's ability copies it doesn't cast so oh, sure. lavinia doesn't doesn't auto counter all of those copies because she only counts cards that are cast for no mana right and yeah zada is just okay me and like eight goblins hit the field uh i'm gonna cast this cantrip draw eight extra cards play a brightstone ritual get a bunch of extra mana uh, I'm casting goblins equal to or less the number of lands I have because everything's cheap, and I just keep cycling through my deck real quick, and I swing with uh, 15, 75, 75 goblins. Did right, you're not you're not cheating it out through a zero casting cost. Yeah, you're cheating it out through synergy is, within the deck itself. It is absolutely cheating, but it's within the confines of the Azorius law, so <laughs> it is the most stupid matchup ever where it's, oh yeah, I'm cheating a ton, and I'm like, storming off but not technically so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) she'll never catch me (laughs) yes i'm sorry officer i didn't know i couldn't do that (laughs) (laughs) well i think this is a good place to uh wrap it up for this week then and uh hopefully hopefully teach if we get back back next time next week he will take over bitching and i will be far more optimistic and my usual hey it's a fun game let's have a good time self but since Tej isn't here, somebody's got to be grumpy old man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in. Tune in next week when Tej's be bitching is back. Tej's be bitching, and Schnell be arguing with Tej about how everything's good and we should all just have fun. <laughs> it's not all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I try to be optimistic, but Tej isn't here, so I have to be just God. Everything sucks. And it's fun to complain every once in a while. Oh yeah. Plus we we yeah. we had the little talk today. Magic is dying. As it has been for it's the last... It's dying every day. It's, yeah. Magic is dying as it has been for the last 20 years. Yep, agreed. So so by the time this episode airs, uh, yeah, I don't know, yeah, after sorry, my daughter's sorry, done magic. with her bath and I edit it... Uh, sorry Magic died before <laughs> magic this is dead. the airwaves. And <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for listening now that Magic has died. Uh, you know, Make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, essentially anywhere that you consume your podcasts. Uh, please turn it, uh, tune in 
uh, next week. Oh my God, I'm having a stroke here on, <laughs> on the air. Yeah. Please tune in next week and see whether or not Magic has has really died. Hopefully, Tej is back. Chanel, thank you again uh, for sitting with me and talking Magic tonight. It was a lot of fun. Always. And uh, we'll we'll see you guys in a week. And until then, uh, as always, don't drink and scry. Or you'll get detained. <laughs>